0: Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co creator of Manifest. Manifest is a global platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional community to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, let's Manifest. Joining Let's Manifest today is Victoria Coker. Victoria graduated from St. John University with a bachelor's in communication arts and has more than 10 years of design and marketing experience having worked for organizations such as Carnegie Hall, Brick Media and Oxford University Press. Her passion for media led her to launch Black Web Fest, an event series dedicated to celebrating black creatives and digital content. Today, we're gonna have some fun with Victoria and we're gonna learn about Black Web Fest. Victoria, welcome hey kim me. <laughs> oh absolutely i love the energy i'm like this is gonna be so much fun and i am hoping that listeners not only learn about what you have created but then they also go follow you not to become stalkers but you know that they are pretty much invested in you and in what you're doing so in order to help them get there we're gonna have a little game of rapid fire and it's going to be around movie word association. So just five Ooh. quick things. Yeah, five things for about well, five movie titles and you're gonna give me five words that come to mind when you hear them. Cool? Okay, I'm done. All right, all right. First one, coming to America. Africa. <laughs> That's a good one. What about bad boys? Will Smith. Cool barbershop
1: so i'm like eve
0: (laughs) eve i mean she was in the movie she was there she was there what about purple rain prince rest in peace it has to be prince and lastly set it off
1: I just think of characters. Queen Latifah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like the queen. That's who I'm thinking of. You know, I mean, again, she was in it. She was one of the main ones, so I'm not even mad at it. And while we're on films, what about some favorite snacks? Do you have any?
1: Okay. So I do have a fil- a favorite snack when I go to the cinema um, I love popcorn and raisinettes. So I get the raisinets. I like sneak them into the movies. Don't tell anybody. Oh, so you're sneaking them in. Popcorn movie theater, popcorn. There's nothing like movie theater, popcorn. So that's like true. I take the raisinets and I put them into the popcorn and I've gotten like all my friends and my niece and nephew, anyone who goes with me, who tries it, loves it. And then they do it. So that's like my favorite snack when I go to the movies
0: it's like that I'm gonna like, have nachos. to try that one I'm like I'm gonna have to do something different because I'm the person that usually gets the nachos with cheese and like Swedish fish it's it's a it's a thing I don't know what it is about movie nachos but I'm like I'm so dialed into them that every time I go it's the same snack all the time
1: mm, I feel like it's a hit or miss with that though like sometimes I've had I, nachos it would be salty and i am be like mm, I'm, I'm good I'll pass <laughs> on that. So I just like, I don't experiment, experiment
0: anymore. Yeah. And that's the thing. I feel like because I've always, and again, maybe I need to knock on wood because I've always had pretty good nachos and I don't usually eat nachos. So that's the other thing. It's like, that's not something I would normally have. But when I go to the movies, I'm like, yep. And I like when they do nachos with the fresh cheese, not the cheese that's like in the, oh, in the little packet. It. Yeah, no, it has to be like the fresh one. It's piping hot that can burn you.
1: Yeah, if I want nachos, I want some, like, Spanish Tex-Mex kind of Cuban With the jalapenos? Not jalapenos. I just want it to be, like, with chicken and sour oh. cream and crock. Like, I want it to be fully loaded with that cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a hit or miss, and I don't know what I'm getting. So <laughs> that, that, that's it. <laughs> but when I get nachos, I want that. I don't feel satisfied <laughs> getting the movie theaters. But like- you're saying fresh, so um yeah. probably Better, way better than whatever I'm tasting. You might be going to the elevated special. I mean,
0: theater, you know, not the I, hood. I don't know what's going on. Somebody has, has a budget where they're getting free cheese and or good cheese or something. But I am down for it and, and it's bad. But I definitely do want to try <laughs> the popcorn with the raisinets because I love raisinets. I just don't usually eat them in the movie theater. But now I have something to look forward to trying. So thank yeah. you for that.
1: It's messy, um, a little messy though. But nachos are messy too, so you're you're good. They are.
0: I'm wondering, <laughs> is it messy because of the 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 milk chocolate melting? Like, what's the mess? Yeah, a little is it milk it the butter?
1: chocolate. Okay, melt a little bit on your hands because it ain't M and M's, you know? Right, um, right. It's gonna right. give you the salty and sweet, and that's what makes it good.
0: Ah, see, okay, all right. Seeing, learning something new every day, liking it, liking it. So I want to talk to you to again, learn more about why you created Black Web Fest and where the passion for the project came from.
1: Yeah, definitely. So when I started um, Black Web Fest, really what happened was years ago, uh, back in 2015, I started this thing called Color Content, which I've kind of been on the fence about for a while because so much has happened in the media industry. Um, but I'm shifting where I am right now. So, so I started this thing called color content in my mind. It was the place for, um, it was going to be the black Hulu, right? Cause there was no one doing this. This was right before, um, Oscar is so white and there was really no places for black content. And, I was like, okay, let me create this platform, created the platform. I would speak to the filmmakers and creators. All these content creators were creating content, putting it on YouTube, putting it on these digital platforms, but there was no solo place for all this content. And so I would speak to them, ask them some of the things that they needed. And I found that there was a disconnect between um, what they really wanted to do and what was really happening. A lot of them were creating content. They wanted to get a TV deal or a movie deal. And I was like, hey, but there's Netflix. Like, this thing, this VOD thing, video on demand thing is is happening, right? And a lot of them were like, I don't know about that. And I was like, okay, well, there's a whole bunch of different things happening with technology, including AR, VR. I would have these conversations. I would talk to them about marketing and they wouldn't know those things. They were creators, but they didn't know the business and they didn't know about a lot of the innovation. And so I was like, I want to create something where it's one, educating them and providing them opportunities, Mm. And so that's when Black Web Fest was kind of born. It was like, okay, no one else is doing anything dedicated only to this digital content and all the things that are emerging from it. And now looking back, like definitely I was an innovator because now there's tons of Black places. Like now Hulu has Black stories if you go to them. Um, Netflix started doing the, um, what is it called? Strong Black Leads campaign. Then BT just launched their BT Plus site. So now there's all these different sites dedicated to Black content. But back then there wasn't. And that was like five years ago. So that's super crazy to say that now people see the need and it's important and it's needed. And then continuing with the education is just so important. So Black people, usually we have these great ideas and we're so creative and we're consuming technology. But in terms of being the the innovators and creating the next Facebook or something like that, we're not doing those things. And we mm-hmm. need to do it because there's such yeah. financial disparity in the community. The only way to bridge that gap is for this generation to continue to be the innovators, um, to continue to grow and build businesses that are making million, dollar, million dollars and stuff like that. So that's how Black Web Fest was born and how I'm kind of thinking about evolving it moving forward, too.
0: Yeah, I love you for creating that. Let me just say that because what I find is that oftentimes with people starting a business or having an idea, they don't necessarily always take into consideration the fact that other people need exactly what they're doing. Sometimes we're and I'll say we, because sometimes what happens is you know that you may need to do it, but then there's all these other voices that start trying to tell you why you should probably wait, right? Like you might get distracted by the Hulu and the Netflix. And then your idea now has gone months, years, hopefully not a decade, but it's gone a while before it actually becomes um, a, a, a reality. And I love the fact that you saw the need before these other platforms did, right? And you were doing it. So even though the platforms are doing it now, at least you can take pride in knowing that you did it first.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like for me, I wanna to continue to be innovative. Like these things excite me. Business excites mm-hmm. me, um, tech excites me, media excites me. And also just having a purpose and doing things for my community, it makes me feel good. Like. I want to be purpose-driven moving forward in my life. And, um, it feels good when I'm seeing content that was in my festival, not on BT. Um, now other people are reaching out to these people. Um, and people are like, well, you were the first festival to even put me on or someone, you know, someone who was a filmmaker in my festivals now in Sundance. Um, nice. it's, it's just so crazy to be like something I created me, you know, creating something and it being, um, so powerful for so many. Yeah.
0: And that's the way that I believe it's supposed to happen, right? We don't create things just for ourselves. We create it so that others can benefit from it. And it just keeps going on and on and on. But what is one thing that you wish or a few things that you wish you'd known before you started out?
1: Um, I think overall, one, you do need assistance. You need help. You need support. And that's been a struggle. And I think for a few reasons, it's been a struggle. One, because I think as people of color, um, we've had so much, so many issues with people doing us wrong, right? So it's kind of instilled in us that don't trust people to do stuff and get things done. And, And it may be also personal things, like you could do it or whatever, you should do it and just get it done. And I think it is important to take the first steps to get stuff done and show people that you're serious. But it's nothing like having a team and having support to kind of bridge the gap and help you. And throughout doing um, the things with color content and then also doing the things with Black Web Fest, I've leaned on a lot of my friends, sometimes even my family to support me throughout the process um, and different communities to support me as well. And so I wish I found someone who could kind of grow with me because it's harder when you already started something and then you're like, I'm calling the shots now, come on with me to do it. Um, right, so I right. think that's important. Um, also I think that also aligns with kind of trying to build your community. Like you need a community to support what you're doing. If there's no back to kind of finding the need for it and working with them, you can have a great idea, but if no one is willing to buy into it, like pay money for it possibly, if that's the model that you're choosing, then you can't have a, a business. You need to make money to build a business. It's nice to have good intentions and everything, but if you can't get any income from it, then you have to figure out either, maybe you need to switch the model. Maybe it needs to be a nonprofit um, or something else, but you have to find um, a model that works for you and make sure that there's a need for what you want because you can have a great idea, but if there's right. no market for it, then it doesn't matter.
0: Right. And that's such a real thing because there's tons of great ideas that are out there and pretty like trendy businesses. And one thing I often wonder is how is this going to survive when the trend no longer exists? (laughs) So it's like, it was cool in the moment, but then what do you do in 10 years? Like, how do you stay relevant? I guess the question is, how do you stay relevant? Because if a business is something that a lot of people are hopping onto because they feel like what's happening currently ties back to that what happens when things change like how do you yeah it, it, it's it's important for you to know that your business is able to stand withstand. I would say all weather yeah yeah okay, I agreed so. I think so I think that one thing I've learned, especially with building a business, is that important, the importance of community. And you just spoke about that. But how do you or how did you build a community that not only supported you and they were like, whatever you do, we're going to go, we're going to follow, but that continues to support you, even when some of the decisions that you make may not be ones that they agree with?
1: Yeah, I think it's mostly being being a person of your word is so important um and it's hard it's so hard out here to be a person of your word but i've had opportunities where um people are like oh well you know uh, i could pay this and we could do we could do this together and it would help you do that or it seemed wrong and i'm like this isn't right for my community because it's more important for me to be a person of my word to be a person of integrity than to make money at the end of the day and i think Right. <laughs> I think in the short term, that bite that bites me in the butt. Right. Because um, I leave money on the table. But in the long term, I see that as me being the best person, the best business owner, um, the best entrepreneur um, and the person building a legacy that I can be. Because I never want to look back and regret the decisions that I made and also be faulty to my community. So, for example, right now we're in quarantine. I don't even know if we're going to talk about, really talk about that. We're in quarantine. My festival had to be canceled, um, postponed, I guess I should say, because of, you know, everything that's happening with the virus, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so now I'm shifting and trying to make sense of what's the next steps, because I took people's money and they want to show their content. Um, And I want to make sure I'm keeping these promises to them. And that's what's... Important to me is keeping my promises, making sure that whatever I'm doing, it makes sense. And then supporting my community along the way while I'm doing it.
0: Um, And that's important and not to cut you off, but it's important for you to have such integrity while doing this, especially during this time, because there are so many people that are losing so much of their community based on the actions that they're making, you know? And and I won't even say that it's any fault to anyone other than possibly not being transparent and, and where you are and how you're feeling and how you are planning to move forward. Um, some people are kind of winging it, I would say. And because of that, they're not being as forthcoming with information as they possibly could be or should be. And they're losing a lot of supporters and a lot of people that would look out for them and say, you know, I've got your back. Now people are like, I don't wanna rock with you at all because I don't like how I feel. I don't feel that you are taking me into consideration in some of these decisions.
1: Yeah, definitely agreed. Like they're on so many levels that's happening. Um, And so, yeah, I think really me being a person of integrity or following integrity um, and trying to do the best for the person, like in the long run, doing what's best for your community. I think they'll see that people can see through things and see when you're being a real honest person when you're not. And, And I think that's what I've been doing so far and what I can I plan to continue to do.
0: Which is commendable for sure. And you just touched on it a little bit, but take us back to where you've had to leave that money on the table. First of all, what what was the scenario around that, and then why did you or did you feel comfortable doing so?
1: Um. Well, I for uh, for I mean, there's different things for different reasons. But for our Black Web Fest, um, sometimes I've gotten people who are like, "Oh, I'd love to sponsor." And pay this price to get in front of your, um, to get in front of your community, to get in front of the filmmakers, because I'd like to put the filmmakers on a video streaming platform or something like that. Um, so, like, kind of a partnership, paying for that, and I'm like, okay, what do, you know, what does that look like? And the person can't really deliver what that looks like. Um, I know that this seems sketchy. So I don't want to take your money. Um, so I can't move forward with that. And it's definitely hard because it's it's a struggle to get funding for things, especially when you're niche and you're like, I'm only going to do stuff for this community specifically because I know that they're underserved. Um, but if it doesn't make sense, then my uh, freaking reputation's on the line and I don't want that.
0: Absolutely not. And then no one wants to work with you going forward, right? So it's, it's like definitely happen to juggle between what feels right, what looks right, what is right, and just doing it, even if you know someone feels that they were slighted because you didn't agree with how sketch their offering um, sounded. And, and I, de- I think that it, it's happening a lot with businesses where, again, the market is so niche, where you're like, I want to work with companies that are aligned, but if it doesn't feel right, I don't want to do that because again, it kind of sacrifices the integrity of the brand. Exactly. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I'm curious about, and I'm sure listeners will be too, is about the funding. Because we all know that funding is hard to get, how have you, and then again, you don't have to use exact company names, but how have you secured funding? Because it is a process. So can you kind of walk the audience through how you've done it and what ways work for you?
1: Yeah, I mean... I think one is doing research. I'm big on research. Like I will tell everyone and a mom on any occasion, on every occasion for anything, do research. Um, because that's how you know what's happening, who your competitors are. Um, and, and I'm lucky enough that I've worked with um, sponsorship opportunities before in the past and stuff like that. So that's kind of benefited me. Um, I so do research, find companies that have sponsored other events. That's one thing I do. Um, I then obviously apply to those things. Also have a deck ready. Like I'll I have a sponsorship deck that kind of goes back into my marketing and graphic design background. I can design and create decks really quickly. Um, something that looks super professional. Um, so kind of being ready, research prepared, being ready for those opportunities when they come, having my website up, like just really showing that you have something professionally done. I think that's important to a sponsor. But then doing the research because there's sponsorships where they actually have sites. So let's say for example, um Coca-Cola. I haven't gotten Coca-Cola as a sponsor. And well I've actually I'll use something I actually got. So I actually got um Dasani water, which is not the best water, but (laughs) people say, people say, I'll say. I've actually, I think, got Dasani in the past. I think that was the company. I can't remember off the top of my head. Is it? Ugh, sorry. So was it Dasani? Like, yo, Kim, I don't even know if it was Dasani. I don't know (laughs) what company. I'm going to be honest. I've had a few of the festivals. This was supposed to be our fourth uh, year of the festival, actually. So um, I couldn't even really tell you. But what I could tell you is that me being prepared and having the information up on the website, having a proposal. I was actually working with someone, um, Bianca. She actually does PR and she was supporting me through the whole process. Like, okay, let's work on this. Let's work on that. We were kind of like going back and forth with ideas on how to really get the sponsors and get the press and everything like that. So it was just so many different little things that I did to prepare, but being prepared allowed me to get sponsors. And I was saying there was another company that I worked with where I was able to get a few thousand because I had the website up and I already mm-hmm. worked with filmmakers and I already had done a few things already in the past. And they reached out to me, but I had the proposal. They kind of put me through the ringer because then they actually visited me on LinkedIn to see if I was a real person. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> but what? they gave me, they gave me the money at the end. Right. They gave <laughs> me, And that was the first year. And so in, in that way, I was really lucky. Um, that I had those opportunities, but I also was prepared. I did research. Um, and then I also delivered on the things that I, that I was supposed to deliver on for these people. Because if, someone's, if, you're, if you have a sponsorship and you're not giving anything back to the sponsor, what's the benefit of them continue to do it? It's right. a marketing play for them. And they're trying to get their business seen by your community. So you need to make sure you're over-delivering if, if you tell them, if you get two sponsors and you thought you would get 10 and you tell them, oh, you know, I'd let you do an ad and then there was an opportunity to speak, let them speak. Who cares? It doesn't cost you anything. You're not losing anything, but you're making sure that they want to come back in. Um, and what I've learned from um, work in general, doing marketing stuff and working with events in the past, that if you do such a great job. You can actually get them in advance to sign up for the next year. So you, you do all the work, you give them a report. You tell them we had 300 people attend and 300 people saw your stuff. Imagine, you know, how you do Facebook ads, same thing. Right. You, you right. tell them like, we had 300 people attend and you see this report at the end and they can say, wow, 300 people attended and did all these different things. And you're sending them all this information. You build a conversation say, Hey, would you like to sign up for next year and be a sponsor? And if you're doing such a great job and you're showing them a return and they're making money at the end of the day or they're getting so many hits to their Facebook account or social media, Instagram account or whatever, after you had the festival, then they're going to be open to signing up. You can even say, I'll give you a deal. You know what? Because you did it this year, I'll give it to you next year for 10%, 20, 25% off. So there's just ways to communicate and build a relationship and rapport with your sponsors so they continue to want to sponsor you.
0: So with the times changing as quickly as they are nowadays and with the different trends happening in the industry, what are you curious about right now?
1: Well, for me, I'm definitely curious about um, how it's impacting a a lot of things around media. One, how they are impacting the media makers right, and the creators and the actors and artists, because a lot of them work um, freelance on contract work. Um they ha- how will the economy go back up where they can afford to to work again, right? So these new projects to come back online. They're gonna have to cut down things. So usually they're gonna cut down first in or contractors or people who aren't permanent workers. Um also a lot of these actors you see are servers or work at restaurants or their substitute teacher. Um, if you're a substitute teacher at this point, how do you substitute teach? Like, do you do that <laughs> right. online? Um, right. So, so those things concern me. And trying to find opportunities to support that community as a whole, because they they sometimes there are um, grants and stuff out there for them, relief or relief funds. But they're like, oh well, you have to be a SAG actor, or you have to have a project completed that was professional. And a lot of times, especially in our community, people or people of color, I should say, uh, and underserved communities um, and, or underrepresented communities, they don't have the professional projects because they're trying to get on. They're trying to get to the next level. But that doesn't mean that they still have funding. They don't have funding or have that income because it was taken away because they do side projects so they can kind of also live their dream and do the things that they love and are passionate about. So. There, there has to be something out there for them. And I'm definitely trying to rack my brain around that and figure it out myself and ask others for some support on how to do it. Um, and then um, what are other things that I'm really like thinking about? I mean, I think that's one of my biggest things. And then also, I guess next, I do a festival, <laughs> right? So right. events. Of any scale, how does that change? How does that become okay? People don't even want to touch each other's hands anymore. So, how will we be in close quarters to watch films and panels? And yes, it's great to do digital stuff. I'm all for it. I'm. I have a black web fast, right? Right. But there is right. nothing like meeting someone in person to build a, repl- a relationship and a rapport. So, I'm. I'm wondering when that will become again, normal, I, I'm assuming once we get a vaccine, but until then, how do we make those things happen safely um, and, and keep people's attention? Because people have short attention spans. So um, oh, absolutely. What, how could you get people's attention for that time?
0: I can agree with you on so many levels with this because for, for Man of Feast, it's like we, so of course we have, live events, or we had, I would say, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but live (laughs) events is solely where our mission lied. So we had to really rethink it because it was like, wow, okay, well, we are all about connecting with people and connecting with them in real time and having this engaging experience live. So what do we do now to make that a virtual experience, but still keep it engaging and keep people coming back for more, right? And pivoting to the online platforms, you you still get the people that will support you regardless. In fact, you are opened up to even more people, which is awesome. But we do want to be in person again, because we want to be able to really get that energy that you can't necessarily always get online. You know, like there's a whole thing that I think um, live events brings to the table where energy exchange is one of them, right? And sometimes it's really, really positive. Sometimes it may not be. But one thing that I miss about live events is really being able to engage with people, feel their energy and really connect with them as opposed to trying to ensure that they're staying with me online. <laughs> like like this is That's a whole true. new skill set I'm developing by being able to engage with people digitally and keep them interested for two and a half, three hours. You know, like this is yep. this is brand new. So yeah, I agree with you. It's something that I'm thinking about as well. And It it is tough. It's challenging. And it's something that I find, you know, we'll all be better because of this, because now we have to really put on those thinking caps and say, okay, well, you know, how how will this play out? How would that play out? And there are some pretty cool platforms that are emerging through this. Well, I would say they've probably always been there. I'm just (laughs) more aware of them. Like, let me just put the onus on me. I'm more aware of some of the platforms that exist. And there's a pretty cool one called Hopin, H-O-P-I-N. And their platform allows you to do networking. So you actually have a whole section on the platform dedicated to networking, where you go into this room and you are connected with an individual who taps their button that says, I'm ready. I'm ready to connect or what have you. And they tap the button, they pop up on your screen. You talk to them for three or to five minutes, however long the um, the host actually sets the time for, and then you can connect with them. And then you're like, oh, hey, we met an, on the hop-in <laughs> video call or what have you. And I've gotten now two new people that are in my network because of it. And these are like legit people, not like some weird you know, fuzzy yeah. dozens. But yeah, these are like <laughs> people that are doing cool things. And I actually like that. And I was like, you know, I'm glad for platforms like that, that allow you to do things like this. I know Zoom is doing some cool stuff as well. But when I experienced hopping, I was like, well, this is changing the way I view Digital networking, you know, you know, what yeah. I mean? oh, a virtual networking. So yeah, these tools are out there.
1: Yeah, Hoppin sounds good. That. Okay, thank you. Check mark to that. Um, yeah,
0: definitely check it out. I'm like, this podcast is not sponsored by Hoppin, however, it should be.
1: Exactly. Let's <laughs> see if we can get you a sponsorship for Hoppin. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> like Hoppin, let's talk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, as we are starting to wind down in this conversation, I wanted to ask you, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want listeners to know?
1: Um, I feel like you covered so much. Um, but you know, I just always, I think overall, I want people to think about how they can service their community. I think that's important. Um, when you're doing things to help others, it's only going to help you in the long run. So, um, that's. I think I would ask everyone to do that. Think about ways that you can be uh, a problem solver and help and support.
0: And, and support. It. Support is a huge thing, especially right now in the world that we're in. Um, support is huge. And of course, you know, people check out Black Web Fest. You, you need to be there. You need to see what Victoria is working on. You need to see some of the artists that she's bringing together. I would say um, this is also a nice way to connect and support by just checking it out, that's a huge not not a nice thing. It's a huge thing to do, to go in and see and stumble on something new. You know, like who doesn't like learning new things? So yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, thank and you.
0: Yeah, of course. And I was going to say for you to shout out where listeners can find you online. Of course, this information will be in the show notes, but if they're hitting pages that I don't know about, I, w- I want you to use this opportunity to share them.
1: Yeah. So for Black Web Fest, you can look at Black Web Fest on IG, Facebook, or Twitter. Um, and then in terms of if you want to follow moi, um, you can definitely check me out on Instagram and Twitter at advicky V-I-C underscore E. So it's A-D-D-V-I-C underscore E on I G and Twitter. Um yeah, that that that's that's about it.
0: Oh, awesome. Well, as we wrap in convo, I think the biggest takeaway I have is if there's a need for something to create it. So thank you, Vicky, for spending time with us today. Thanks, and, Yeah, no, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And I'm really happy that we got a chance to do this.
1: Me too. I feel like, I feel it was good. It was a great conversation. It took me back too. And I learned a few things. Hop in, no spons, but yeah.
0: For sure. We're going to work that. We're going to manifest a hop in sponsorship. Yeah. So that's what, that's going to be the next thing that goes on the vision board. Agreed. (laughs) Thanks, Vicky. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family. Share this with your friends. Share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's man a feast.